Welcome to John and Dylan Online, a show where two comedians talk about internet history and, you know what, just stuff sometimes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching this, uh, we are in uh, my goddamn garage, baby. Woo! <laughs> There's someone right behind that door trying to park. I'm not letting them. Mm-mm. Sitting with me is John Hastings. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, this week we're talking about the greatest internet sports clip of all time. A broadcaster being shoved to the ground, and that broadcaster is Jim Rome. We're in the jungle, <laughs> baby. You're gonna die. So that is a dope. That is a dope fucking. Um, Let's talk about that clip off the top. Let's do it. Let's oh, just, you want to go right to I the. I want to go right to yeah, it. Let's, okay. Let, tell, so set the stage for me. Set the stage. Okay, so Jim Rome, who is, I think, I don't want to say, I'm sure there was people like this beforehand, but from what I'm gathering, like one of the first like sports shock jocks. So shock jocks become like really popular. So in the 90s. This isn't fair, by the way, because you're, sh- you're fucking. Stool is also higher than mine, I realize, and I'm already shorter than you, no. so now it looks like I'm fucking all right. See. Alpha side. <laughs> this is I'm just gonna do a s I'm just gonna finish a squat oh, for this yeah? whole episode. I'm just doing full episode <laughs> yeah. penis. <laughs> full pants. So that is totally correct. In the nineties in America, so this is a very weird thing, a lot of American large markets, this is gonna sound crazy, are not are never music focused when it comes to radio. They're all talk radio based, particularly the big ones are LA and New York. The music stations there are not big. I live in LA and people still listen to talk radio there in the way that like you'd hear about 15 years ago and Jim Rome very cleverly just heard Howard Stern be like we're gonna get some prostitutes and throw baloney at them and Jim Rome was like I'm gonna do that but to Wayne Gretzky and did it we will have an episode about Skip Bayless because literally Skip Bayless the reason he broke through as a sports personality was he just wrote a book and in it was like and Troy Aikman's gay and then Troy Aikman was like listen I'm not gay, but it's like one of those things where it's like, what's a thing that obviously the quarterback for the literally like the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys in that time was like the president of the United States of sports. What's what's something that he will have to respond to? And it's just like, you're gay. And he was like, basically came out of TV was like, I'm not fucking gay. Yeah. Okay. You're gay. How does that? But Jim Rome uh, calls. Jim Everett, oh yeah, who is not the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Jim Everett is a gargantuan of a man. He's a good quarterback in the NFL. He's one of those guys. You any sport, anything you follow, where it's like this guy's tagged to be really good. Here, he's just kind of okay for his entire career. And because he is, fails, what does he call him? He calls him Chris Everett, which is the which lame is a, ma- a lady tennis player. Which is a fucking chick, dude. Yeah, fuck, you're a fucking woman, bro. Also, on, by the way. Hang on. We have to stop and no, discuss no, no, Jim it. Everett. Because here's the thing with Jim Everett. And he's a classic. For those of you that are not American sports personalities, you know the kind of man not, that... Not, if, for those of you listening to this, aren't Shannon Sharp or Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith. If you... you here's what you have to understand. 
that Jim Everett is just a man that in every other situation that isn't in the NFL locker room, he is the toughest and greatest man ever. No one has ever told Jim Everett anything he hasn't liked in 25 years. And then a man with a goatee who is not six foot. So doesn't, doesn't so, have the goatee yet. Oh, he doesn't have the goatee yet. Very good point. He just, so. He's a fresh-faced, smacked ass but from that's Orange what he County. Does. Jim Brome does the exact same thing that oh. my prime minister, Justin Trudeau, did when he got caught doing blackface. Is Jim Rome basically, um, they both look like assholes. And oh. it's not in the past. Like, <laughs> I found, like, Sports Center in 1994 where they're like, yeah, they both look like fucking idiots. And also, someone makes the great point of, like, Chris Everett, as a tennis player, was, like, a multiple-time champion. Oh, it's the craziest One of the thing. greatest tennis players of all time. So, if anything, it's like, just that you're being called a chick is the insult. But it's like, if you look at them, like, Jim Everett, obviously a professional athlete, never won shit. And he was, like, fine. So, it's like, hey, you're way better at this than, I don't know, it's insane. What's fascinating, because at the time, the controversy was not that they... He, it wasn't that Chris Everett was good at tennis. It was just like, first of all, you never call a man a woman's name. What were you thinking? Oh, Second yeah. Second of all, Jim did nothing wrong. And now it's sort of changed, which was pretty fucked up what Jim Rome did. Also, you like pretty fucked up what Chris Everett did because they're having a conversation. Jim Everett, pardon me. Whoops. They're having an interview on Jim Rome's very weird ESPN2 show called, I think, Talk 2. So you also have to understand, this is at the launch of ESPN has become the biggest thing ever. And this is in the this is the rip roar '90s, baby. Clinton's in the White House. Everyone's getting their dick sucked. There is no welfare. If you are a company, the fucking the wheels are off, baby. Expand, expand. So ESPN two is launched. ESPN needs people. I wanted people. to correct you, but yeah, this is the launch of ESPN two, and this is like so. This is the annoying thing about me. Formula. This is for a formula. Formulaic in that this is how people figure out that um, what formula will work on television on sports television forever, which is like let's just fucking be assholes. And this is the type of shit that makes sports broadcasting almost dead now. And why athletes are the only ones to do it because of course they don't want someone just tell you know what I mean. But you're absolutely correct. And what's amazing about also that Jim Rome show is all of the executives that went on to run ESPN now effectively into the ground came out of that show. Oh, wow. So it's all of... By the way, I am the most annoying type of person in that I do not care for sports, but I love media stories. <laughs> so I have read twice the history of ESPN because it is so endlessly fascinating. It's basically the story of like, we've discovered a diamond mine and no one's... It's never going to run out. And there's like three people be like, it's going to run out soon. And they're like, fuck you. Um, so Jim Rome is discovered in this time where they're staffing up ESPN2, and you're exactly correct. He essentially invents a type of sports broadcasting, which is like, you think you're so... F what makes you a Super Bowl champion better than me, a guy who had to get his wife to get a jar off the top shelf? Name, <laughs> name one way you're better at basketball than me, Michael Jordan. I'm Jim Rome. I've got lifts in my shoes. Um, well, it's just like, uh, yeah, it's the exact same thing. It's just being infuriating, like a guy wins, exactly, Michael Jordan wins his first title, and it's like, well, he's not shit, he's not like magic until he's won two, it's that immediate, like, you can't just watch the game. Oh my god, you've also And it's like, what athletes get upset with, which is, no one actually talks about the fucking game, like the nuts and bolts of the game, like, they're not going on ESPN being like, well, when they ran this 
pin down screen, the zone didn't adjust to it, which is what led to it. They're like, <laughs> he doesn't have the guts. When it's like, there's so much fucking shit going on. Like, the reason that this this guy fucks up for a second, so the, that guy on the right looks like an asshole. But it's the guy on the fucking left stuttering that made, you know what I mean. To, to further what you're saying is look at how Pat McAfee talks about football. They actually are bringing in, an, they actually are doing a very in-depth analysis, but they're just talking about it like they've had four captains and cokes while driving to the studio. Like they're, we've literally gone full circle now in sports media where you have Pat McAfee wearing a sleeveless shirt being like, let me tell you something, bro. I like two things. Vodka Red Bulls, and I want to see a proper dispersion of defense when you're on the uh, 10th yard line. You gotta concentrate on uh, uh, an unnecessary touchdown. And you're like, but it's also it's now this weird thing of they're talking like the like the athletes are talking like the broadcasters, but they're being positive and actually providing analysis as opposed to what Jim Rome still does to this day, which is he takes an hour to be like. I think the LA Kings are okay, but he's like, let me tell. I was once there. I got the I got the pretzel. I got the nacho cheese hat. No, someone did not tip their hat to me. Let me tell you, who doesn't tip their hat properly. The va the uh, valets at the LA Kings games. I don't really care. For. And like it's lost in this whole <laughs> thing. You're like, what the fuck? So, Jim Everett goes on Jim Rome's show, Dylan, and what happens? When he he calls him Chris, the one first thing time. I wanted to talk about. Sorry, this is you're getting a real look into what a research based podcast is because when you film these other podcasts live, and it's like just another name, but as two comedians talking shit, they mm. can engage with each, with each other. But I'm just looking at my phone the whole time to try I, and organize. I my prefer notes. that. <laughs> um, this th this blew my mind. Before we talk about it, is his real name is Jim Rome? You didn't know his name was Jim Rome. I thought he was. Here's what I would have bet my I would have bet my house on the fact that this was an Italian man who's like, all right, you can't pronounce my name. It's Rome, then, bro. And that was like from years ago, which is still made up. But it's literally his name is James Philip Rome, the craziest, most English name I've ever heard in my life. Correct. Now here's the thing you need to know about. It's uh, insane in its normalcy. So here's the thing is that the reason why you would assume that wasn't his real name is because you've never worked in radio before. So you've not been exposed. And we and I'm saying this as we are stand-up comedians. We have been exposed to some of the most unnecessary egos on the planet. You don't have a house and you're literally like, you think you're better than me? I do think I'm better Stand than you. Stand up is nuts where it's like, I remember some guy was asking me for advice and I was like, oh, that's cool. You have a house in Forest Hill where Drake lives. Yeah. Why don't you give me, I'll tell you how to make that joke about licking ass clean and you give me the advice that will result in $100,000, please. I am currently uh, drafting a letter to send to a, uh, a wealthy producer in the UK that is just... Hey, you know how we've discussed projects? How about you just give me 10 grand? Because here's what I've decided. What's the worst he's going to do? Say no? All right. Well, I this, still don't have 10 grand. This guy told me one way you can do it, which you would never do with a guy in a Puma zip up, but um, <laughs> you just sell, you have streams of income and you go, I'll sell you that stream of income directly to someone, which is I like how crazy. I love how business people talk because they always talk and they sort of like, they're like, here's what you just got to do. You just got to get a unicorn horn. 
and then sell that to a uh, a unicorn Luther. And then and they always sound yeah, you like you wear shoes, right? Yeah, convince them that wearing shoes is a job you have, and get them to give you a hundred thousand dollars a year. It's really simple. You just got to figure out a way to turn a thing into something that kills about forty thousand people over the course of its industry's lifetime. <laughs> and then you're gonna have billions of dollars. Does baby. it hurt the earth? Then you're in business. Yeah. Is there any way that you could make sure that there is eventually some sort of video of someone in a lot of cloth crying by the side of a mud road? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, Jim Everett. Ooh, you want to? You wanted to recreate this. Shall we recreate it? I think there's all too right. much shit around. There's too much actually. shit around. But essentially, what happens is first. Check of all, this out. Watch this. No, but we have to set. You're the stage. clearly Jim Everett. I'm clearly Jim Everett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're weirdly clearly Especially Chris since you Everett. The big stool. Yeah, I'm Chris Everett. I'm yeah, you're excellent at tennis. You're excellent at. It's, you if would I was not good at tennis. You would not. I let me ask you this. Maybe you, the game. I can we just like, stop? Okay. Have you ever watched tennis? Do you watch tennis? I've watched it a bit, actually. How weird did you find it when we lived in the UK that they act like tennis is on the same level as other? Like tennis is fine, but tennis is like golf. Like it's like come on, like shut up. I find it weird that tennis is elitist. That's I kind of like. I agree. Like I it's not need hoid- some shoes and some couple balls. You don't need golf. I get it. Where it's like, what's oh, what's the barrier to entry to golf? Uh, well, first of all, you have to get a membership at a course. But no, but you see, but this is and the inverse. Nine hundred clubs. But and golf, much more in the UK, is not bad. Especially in Scotland, golf is not a posh game. It's a working class game. And this was explained to me by a well, security this is the guard rolling thing. a cigarette. Yeah. If you're not also, if you're not from England, rugby is the posh game, and soccer or football is the working class game. Well, that, and that how you know because all the rugby players are still wearing polo shirts. <laughs> well, the rugby players are, yeah, it's like they smash each other's head and then they're like, let's talk business. Yeah. And then, you know, kick a ball around. And then, a thousand uh, apologies, Clive. <laughs> they all just need a ball, though. Not like American football, which also is a game for people, the working class, but you need $900,000. Yeah. Because that's my, America, baby. Anyway, my, go. Nothing greater ever, by the way, than watching two American tourists at the, I think it was the Canning in, Cannon in Teddington, walked in to watch a rugby match. Teddington. Teddington, a part of London. Ooh. And they literally, it was like watching a dog trying to comprehend a commuter, computer that they couldn't believe that France was good at a sport. It was the bad. They were like... It was the it was the Six Nations or Seven Nations, whatever that's called, and France was just kicking the shit out of some team, and these two Yanks at the bar were like, why is France good at rugby? And I was just like, they have men there too, sir. No, they don't. <laughs> no, no. No, um, they all make so, souffles and then bang each other in the poop. Oh my God, what a country that would be. What are we doing today? Same thing we do every day. Eat a souffle and then have anal sex? What a wonderful society. What a horrible... That- like, also, the implication that French men have anal sex is like the buttery food and then like you wouldn't be able to have anal sex past 30 I mean, just you, immediately no, shitting and then you're like i'm gonna fuck you i want to get a i want to get a disease we're gonna get a new horrible disease running through our population every eight seconds what about french cinema doesn't you can open lead- that fridge john by the way is his hand on a fridge <laughs> uh what about french cinema and doesn't- if i get in trouble here Woo! fucking round up in the mouth. Uh-oh. Uh, what about French cinema doesn't lead you to believe that they definitely fuck shit? I don't know anything about it. Well, you should have gone not to a comedy college, but like me, gone to the most lefty arts, liberal, stupid university Canada has to offer. Here's my here's my new fact that I really like. So Canada essentially is two um, different countries. Um, We've got plenty of time. No, no, no. I'm not taking the time. I'm taking the levels. Oh, okay. Um, is two different countries. Uh, I had an accident on the road. That'll be expunged from my record in six years because I am um, 
a white straight man. <laughs> no, I'm in <laughs> Sir? Ontario. I'm in Ontario and every other province is not Quebec. If you have an accident in Quebec, it's expunged from your record in three years. They're like, Yeah, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you're smoking, you're driving with your knees, you're probably having a couple sandwiches. What the hell are we talking about? Here's here? the here's the thing that's the best. So in every other province in Canada, it's a three oh, yeah. three tier license. Uh, unless you just go to university in Quebec and just transfer your license over. Champions. Two tiers, baby. You're looking at a man who was never instructed how to drive on a highway. They literally are like, can you parallel park? Okay, sick. Yeah. Drive as fast <laughs> as you want, motherfucker. Yeah. Have a couple drinks too, baby. Yeah. Be loose. Come on. <laughs> Let's surf. Anyway, Jim Rome, Chris Everett. There's they a bit of tension. Okay, hang on. But we got to talk about the set of the show, first of all. Sure. It is mid-90s. Oh, know yeah. what they would do in the mid-90s for no reason? You're on a riser next to a weird off-earth tone, and you're at a wooden table. Not even close to a fridge. Not. N what if you need snacks? <laughs> <laughs> Just warm up in my hand. Yeah, what, what, I mean, in a fucking muesli bar like a cunt? No. I thought this was ESPN and not fucking Berkeley, man. Anyway, <laughs> so they are on the ugliest set in the world. They are on an elevated, unnecessary platform. They are stood at a, they're at a white table or a wooden table. They have weird doctors, uh, doctors' waiting room chairs. They conduct an interview. Jim Rome is called on the carpet almost immediately by Jim Everett about the fact that on Jim Rome's radio show, he refers to him as Chris Everett. Jim Rome responds by calling him Chris Everett like 80 times. He goes, okay. Oh, this is, oh, it's so fucking annoying. It's he goes, so fucking annoying. Uh, okay. Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he's like, bet you don't call me that again. He goes, me. <laughs> Chris, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, "Call me that one more time. I'm gonna. There's gonna be. You're gonna have to go to a break." And he goes, "Okay, <laughs> Chris." And then he does. Jim Everett stands up. Jim Rome also stands up. Jim the Everett pushes him over, and then there's this moment where Jim Everett's like, "Oh, I'm not actually gonna hit him." So he just kind of shakes him, like he kind of shakes him, like I don't know. You, you're a uh, fucking really angry at a child and you want to hit them but you don't i guess it's actually a beautiful illustration of someone who was expecting a bouncer to run in it's the most yes a, it's a perfect example of well i've never gotten this far before you know yeah, what i mean yeah, like yeah 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 There's, this is a real example of like he's a dog who caught a car he doesn't know he's that's like, so funny i either know i because it's that moment it's where, a dog that caught a squirrel unlike my cat when it catches squirrels where it's like yeah, slit its throat oh. and then bring it to my owner where I'm like, look, let's watch it die together. <laughs> oh, you always get me food. Well, now you get to watch something die, which is just as fun as eating. <laughs> it is. It's just one of those things when you own cats is it's just like, oh, you're- I don't own cats. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I own, I house one cat who once got me a mouse's face. I cleaned up a mouse's face. It I fucking- <laughs> took the mouse's face off and I was like I wanted to put the mouse face over my cat's face but it wouldn't let me there were a bunch of stray cats who lived on my street in London straight cats stray and straight <laughs> <laughs> no gay cats yeah, in this exactly. house whoop, whoop. anyway so I already got one gay cat I, right Jim there was Everett. this one all white uh, cat there was like this a big abandoned lot and used to hunt for rats there and I once came back it was like 3 o'clock in the morning and this cat was covered in blood just giving itself a bath, and I've literally never seen a creature more at peace. Like it's literally just like ah, another day full of murder. Yeah, <laughs> cats are like that, that. That's the whole thing. Where they say, uh, obviously, civilization just got fucked. Like if everyone, like you know, 
there was a horrible disease. Everyone died. Dogs would like take a while. Cats go feral in like five minutes. They're like, you gonna give me something to eat? No. Face eating it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can open this door. No, I eat you. Then I get the keys, <laughs> then I leave. Um, so, yeah, so basically uh, Jim Everett knocks Jim Rome onto the ground and also basically knocks Jim Rome into being one of the most relevant broadcasters in American sports. Dude, for the week, everyone did it. There was uh, there was an SNL sketch about him. Um, very key thing here, Jim Rome did not get punished at all. Everyone, ESPN, main ESPN came out. Everyone did the whole thing where they go like... <laughs> This is repugnant. And then just, but fucking, there's no way he's missing a week. No, like, absolutely. By the way. Like you just said, they just launched ESPN2. They just launched ESPN2, and I guarantee this is what they were doing. (laughs) Bad. That's jacking off. That's jacking off. That's jacking off. He just jacked off. They're jacking off because they're so (laughs) excited. They're their big dicks. They're jacking off their big ESPN dicks. And basically, so this is what it is. wide holes. Whore holes. <laughs> sure. I said holes, but then I said whores, and I went to with whore holes, I guess. So essentially, what Jim Rome has since become is he has a three to four hour radio sh- show. I used to have to uh, put it on the wires when I worked at the Team 1200 in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and we would get various people calling in. He would announce his phone number, which was different than the station radio n- phone number, and then people would still call into the station number and be like, I'd like to speak to Jim. And it was always the same, like eight guys. And at a certain point, I would stop being like, this isn't the number. The number is such and such and such jungle because his whole thing is he refers to his show as the jungle because I welcome hate, to the jungle. I fucking hate radio. Every radio guy is your dad trying to get you guys to smoke weed with him. Really underrated movie is Big Fan. The Patton Oswalt. Really underrated movie. I really oh like that my movie. God. It's just about a guy who calls into a sports talk radio station and takes it too seriously. But sports talk radio, I was. Very into sports talk radio before podcasts were a thing. Like I was listening to sports talk radio every every fucking. Uh, Who the fuck was night. the guy in Toronto? The guy with the glasses, Bob fucking Bob McCowan. Bob he was drive McCowan. time, but I'm talking about like obviously I wasn't like. You didn't I'm work, walking you home from school. I better get my radio going. I you was weren't like, commuting. <laughs> no, I was like fucking the midnight guys like Todd Wright all night where it's like no one would call in so they just have to talk about bullshit for a while and it was like he talked about how good American Pie was for a, like an oh entire segment. Oh my god. Because you also have to remember <laughs> He fucks a pie, dog. <laughs> the thing to remember is a lot of what's going on in our society is a reaction to there being a period of time where it's literally like, welcome to the girls our toilets hour. We are <laughs> pissing in women. We are the shit fuckers. I'm yeah. shit. You're cunt. Let's like, knit. <laughs> I loved the open and Anthony show and the Opie and Anthony show was not on the air for two years because they encouraged a couple to have butt sex in St. Patrick's Cathedral and then they broadcast that and it's one of those things where you're like you know I see all sides to that dispute <laughs> well here's the very very important thing to remember John is that um, there are some other Jim Rome interviews have you heard of any of these other Jim Rome no, interviews? No, I only know about the... Cr- I am very excited. So this interview g- with David Stern... Oh, is this the NBA one where David Stern implies that Jim Rome beats his wife? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have YouTube Premium, so that's an ad. But anyway, here we're going to get real low-tech, and I'm just going to play this for the listeners. So just for context here, uh, Jim Rome is part of... There's a long-running conspiracy theory that the NBA is rigged. Uh, the, the draft. The, everyone thinks the draft lottery is rigged, stemming back to when the Knicks got Patrick Ewing in '85, and then the NBA had to basically buy. 
the New Orleans franchise and another generational talent, Anthony Davis, uh, was up and then he got drafted number one. The Pelicans, this happened again when they had when Anthony Davis asked out and then they got Zion Williamson number one. Like there's a long theory where it's like basically they they just make sure that because obviously this is and this is every single player wants to play in a big market because you get your salary and then you can make so much fucking money if you're like the best player in New York or LA or Completely. Miami or like there's all these things like no one wants to go to Toronto. I would say I mean no still no one wants to go to Toronto. That is changing with the internet because you can still be a big star and people sort of follow you around. But especially at this well, time, well, taxes yeah. too. It's taxes yes. and it's like it's fucked. But like the NBA players' lives are so good that them like having to get over the border for uh, five seconds but anyway let's all right let's let everyone know you can hear the interview the one other thing i just want to say is the the conspiracy theory i think this is based off of is i believe if it wasn't the patrick ewing situation i just think that he makes a comment about a cold envelope the theory was something to do with they froze they put one of the envelopes one one envelope envelope. and that was the envelope they're supposed to grab so you just look for the cold envelope is the theory behind the conspiracy theory. Is any of this probably true? In some respects, I'm sure there is some sort of hinky nonsense going on to make sure that the NBA continues, much like how the NFL, when they didn't like what Colin Kaepernick was saying, there was a concerted effort to silence him because these are a group of very wealthy people that would like to continue to make money, and fuck you, you're not telling us how to do it. You know Uh, what I mean? One of our sponsors is the Army. You're not doing that. Anyway, here's the interview. (laughs) Hey, John, can I tell you something? Yes. I sit down to piss and I stand up to shit. John and Dylan online. Patreon.com backslash John and Dylan online. There's all a bunch of different tiers there. $5 tier, you get the episodes early and an extra episode. And I assume at this point there's a $10 tier where you just get some of pubes in an envelope. Yeah, if you fucking sign up for the $15 tier, guess what? You get nothing else different. Just give the pleasure of giving us more money. How's actually, that? you get none of the first two things. Yeah, that's actually true. To give, a, if you give us fifteen dollars, you do not get the bonus episode, and you do not get the episodes early. Hey, Dylan, what would you like the people that are listening to the show right now to do? Stop what you're doing right now. Stop doing your fucking dishes. Stop fucking ignoring your family at dinner. I guess if you're listening to a podcast at dinner, that's sociopathic. Rate, review, and subscribe now. You know, New Orleans won the draft lottery, which, of course, produced the usual round of speculation that maybe the lottery was fixed. I know that you appreciate a good conspiracy theory as much as the next guy. Was the fix in for the lottery? Uh, you know, I have two answers for that. I'll, I'll give you the easy one. No. And a statement. Shame on you for asking. You know, I, I understand why you would say that to me, and I want to preface it by saying it respectfully. I think it's my job to ask because I think people wonder. No, it's ridiculous, but that's okay. I, I know, I I know that back. you think it's ridiculous, but I don't think the question is ridiculous because I know people think that. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying... Here's what I want to say about Jim Rome. Is he's an incredibly good broadcaster because he has learned that times are changed. And a lot of these kind of guys would approach Jim Everett the same. David Stern the same way you'd approach Jim Everett, and he is still being the same level of a dick. A, I actually kind of agree with Jim Rome, and B, he's doing it in a boxy business way, and I really enjoy how irritated David Stern is. Like his statement, I'm going to answer it in two ways. First of all, what? Also, if you're ever saying shame on you to someone, you've lost. No, no one has ever. No, David Stern is not lost. David, David Stern, Stern is lost. David Stern is a 
Stop. We all know you're a stern stand. Dictator. <laughs> like, someone, after the Malice in the Palace, where they walked... One of the players, like, in the Malice in the Palace, who went into the stands and tried to fight the fans, came in... <laughs> Came into his office, and they have a Stephen Jackson. I think he has a story about this, where essentially David Stern didn't look up; he was just writing something, and he went, uh, "Are you trying to ruin this fucking game, you fucking idiot?" And he didn't look up, but he just went, "You've your suspension," and then didn't look up, and he just went, "Get out of my sight!" <laughs> it was like it was like a fucking movie villain, where it's like. Whereas now, I feel like the players have way more. Like, basketball isn't as scary as it was back then. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. We're not, we're not getting the to the good part. Also, David Stern, here's a very key thing. He doesn't like this. Very key here. He doesn't like this line of questioning. Jim Rome is going down. He was a lawyer. That leads us to what happens next. I do, but I think it's my job to ask you that. I, have you stopped beating your wife yet? Yeah, I don't know if that's fair. I don't know if that's fair. Why is that? Because I <laughs> there's no Jim Rome, by the way, no allegations of domestic abuse so ever. What, never. So what, what that is is it a brilliant legal strategy because essentially what David Stern is doing is he's muddying the waters he's, of the questioning, he's cucking, cucking Jim Rome. Uh, essentially, because what he's because know what Jim Rome and Jim Rome does not tank the bait because the the trick with that is you go, I've never hit my wife, and then it's the but instead he goes. Well, I, he's shutting down the questioning with the questioning. What is good about this is it's dick versus dick. It's just two different varieties. And um, by the way, this then did lead to a a bunch of people speculating that Jim Rome does beat his wife. Well, this is the thing. He does have a goatee, which is this is his problem. confirmation yeah, bias. This is not. If you're in a suit with a goatee, the only reason is because you did something like plus gambling debt. No child support. Again, also he's we're we're talking. He's Southern California, Orange County based, I believe. Oh, That's a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, you really you're in the ditch, Jimmy. But he is more cordial, obviously, to and less antagonistic while still being antagonistic for the rest of his career after the Jim Everett interview. There's another one with Alonzo Mourning, which we won't get into the weeds because it's not really entertaining. But basically, Alonzo Mourning yeah, had well, to quit basketball because of kidney disease. Jim Rome was like so. You in the lab trying to get back? And Lonzo Morning goes, no, I barely survived a debilitating disease. I just want to raise money for the Kidney Foundation. And Jim Rome basically goes, ugh, okay. And oh then my people God. are like, that's well, Jim, unprofessional. Jim Rome like, also yeah, put maybe, a bounty but. out on Gordie Howe when he did a charity hockey yes! game. Yes, <laughs> someone end this. And he's like, oh, it was just for fucking, like... Uh he said, "Someone get someone end this nonsense and get that old man off the ice. And also, you have to remember, hockey is... There's put this old rule back to, to reality. That's what it was. And then he's like, it's a joke. Oh, also he uh, owns a lot of horses, which is like that goatee be goatee. Oh, dog. he loves, but he also and he hates soccer, which has been a big problem. But that for him. is that is that makes sense. That's because in line with the goatee. Completely, it's in line with the goatee. It's also in line with the time he was in sports, particularly in American sports. There was this sort of like, soccer's not a real sport. The entire world plays it. It's the largest sport that's ever been invented. Shut the fuck up. A fair point. <laughs> and, th and this is also key is that if you're in talk radio, you can cherry pick who your callers are to make you look reasonable. So Jim Rome's entire career is making him look like the reasonable one, but still kind of a fucking badass after. And it super successful. Talk radio, I guess, if you want to say, which we always do this, is another form of like a way to have that following 
that would be like an online following before Completely. having an online following. I also think that Jim Rome's an interesting one in that I don't think he ever thought there would become a time where he would come across like a dinosaur, and we are now entering into that time, as you say, because now it's a much more athlete-focused world. You have people like Stephen A. Smith who are like, I like the Eagles. You know what else I like? Tupperware. It still burps when you open it. Why don't Tupperware <laughs> have a burp? Every single time an athlete, not I, every single why? time, but now it's like you're 34, they're starting to cut down your minutes, seven years ago you were a star, it's time to just tell all the stories from the locker room from 10 years ago about all the guys who were out of the league and mm-hmm. have that guy on the podcast. And that is like, that is now... It's like wrestling. Yeah. Every, what's crazy is Wrestling discovered that where it's like shoot interviews. For, for those of you that don't watch wrestling, it was like every single wrestler, as soon as they're done wrestling or even they're done in a in specific a, in a company, company? Oh, yeah. they just do a tattletale interview. And that wrestling took that from Soap Opera Digest. Yeah. Which is just, yeah, every single soap opera actor would just talk about like here was the storylines, all this shit. And it's an interesting one because... Um, I think the other benefit that we haven't talked about with Jim Rome is where he was based, is he is based in Southern California. So he was also a sports source for a lot of celebrities. So he also benefited from his show would have a lot of color interaction and build that audience. And in that were like noted at the time famous sports fan, the biggest one being Jim uh, Jay Moore, who competed in something called the Smack Off on his show, which is he has this thing where you write fake letters to do with sports and then you call in or you'll call in and make a, like a weird comment and you talk smack. And then they have a tournament to discern who is the best smack talker of the year. And Jay Moore used to enter it with the callers and never won. He always got beaten by callers, which is pretty satisfying. And that, again, benefits Jim Rome because he's getting this rub of media talking about him in other markets. He can grow other markets and stuff like that. You have to think about... And it benefits Jay Moore because all these fucking psychos will show up to your show now. Not only that, Jay Moore ended up replacing Jim Rome in Los Angeles when Jim Rome moved radio broadcasting syndicators. Like, he went to Fox Sports or something, and then Jay Moore took over whatever the fuck it was. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly what happened. I think he went back to ESPN, I think is what happened. Because I think his producer... Jim Rome went back to ESPN because the producer of the segment where whispering in Jim Rome's ear, call him Chris again, literally became the head of ESPN. So they were like, hey, Jim, would you like to come back? We are actually building a building in the shape of your head. Yeah, that's right. I want to walk through my own mouth like my mom does, my wife, my mom. Mom is my wife. <laughs> I used to listen to the Jim Rome show, yeah, on the radio in high school a bit uh, during yeah during the summer, and because obviously I was around during the day, and it was like it was fine. I don't know. It was like he was very good, and the reason you get this persona is because he has to pull entertaining comments out of all these people calling into his show. So it makes sense to. Take on this persona, and then obviously the persona comes becomes who you are. Um, and he rose to the ranks really well. He was literally an intern in like the in 1986, and has his own show by 1988, and is syndicated by the early 90s, and on television by the mid 90s. Oh, like, he's a, just fucking immediately has it. An incredible broadcaster, really, really smart in the branding of the show. All okay. Top of the hour always lead in with "Welcome to the Jungle." Uh, the rest of the other segments is always "Lust for Life." And then the ending show is up. The ending song is up all night, so you know that that's the last segment of the day. And that does not seem like that is a big thing, but radio is a much like podcasting is an incredibly intimate um, way of communicating with an audience. It's much more individualistic, and so those songs become associated not only with those moments in the show, but with the show. So 
all of the people that are going out living their lives, every time they hear Lust for Life, they're going, oh, I got to listen to Jim Rome again. So it's stuff like that where it's just he's been able yeah, to hold trigger, yeah. on. Yeah, hold on to this audience. He is much less controversial than he is now. He had a TV career that was never, I think, as successful as his radio career. Like, there was no other moment except for the Jim Chris Everett moment and David Stern a little bit that sort of well, captured the, like, the imagination. Well, I'll say it once to say it again. Like, the alt-right ruined guys like Jim Rome because you can't be... Absolutely. You can't be controversial anymore without people thinking you want to strap up some fucking Doc Martens and have a fucking That's riot. true. Like, it doesn't seem that fucking crazy where he's just like, I think the Bills are kind of shitty. And they're like, yeah, man, the other guy in the other sports radio station just said, I'll tell you why the Bills are bad. The vaccine! Yeah, exactly. You can't, like, yeah. You can't be that in your face, especially, like... Just a lot of the interviews he does. Oh, also a uh, some follow to the people he had the controversial interviews with. Within two years, David Stern was no longer the commissioner of the NBA. I think this is obviously just me saying whatever, but I think either A, Stern had an exit strategy in place by that time and was like, Fuck this. Fucking fuck this. I'm tired of fucking answering this question. If the draft is rigged, I've answered it for fucking... A 900 million years. Yeah, the also, answer is yes. It, we did it. Shut up. Also. Wait, you don't like the Knicks being somehow so bad when they <laughs> had Patrick Ewing? Also, Bill Simmons, by this time, by the time of that interview, has popularized, yeah, the draft's rigged. Like, draft is rigged. He's a big fucking tinfoil hat guy. Like, he just reports those things as fact. He doesn't interviewed the people to get confirmation he just goes yeah it's right so it's really interesting is bill simmons i'm glad we're bringing up bill because bill simmons sort of he out jim rome's jim rome in a very weird way and that bill simmons entire energy is it doesn't feel like he's being provocative and getting in your face but it's exactly that where he just says wild shit like it's true like yeah you know everyone knows tom brady's half horse He's half machine. <laughs> well, J Bill Simmons is very good at, like, I'm the smartest guy who watches sports at your bar. There's still the whole thing of, like, we're still watching sports at a bar together. Like, there's no, like, mm -hmm. numbers in this. I'm just going to say shit. But I, w but I do watch every game. You do have to, like, admit that. But Bill Simmons also talks in a way where it always feels like he's about to really reveal something. Like, he's like, let me say this about Lawrence Taylor. His earring... That's a lightning bolt is nice. <laughs> well, the other thing about Bill Simmons is like he was one of the first in the wave of Bostonification of all this goddamn shit. Oh, like, as a Patriots fan, I love it. There's a before and after of the departed. You there know? is, there is, a, oh my God, there is a BDAD, isn't there? Before departed, after departed. That oh God. is such a fucking great point, baby. No, no, wait, is it? Maybe it's, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Maybe it's fucking, um, yeah, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and then all the Boston teams turn into like franchise, like amazing franchises yeah, where oh you my. have to pay attention to Boston. Where and also, what was so great about that time as someone that half cares about the New England Patriots when all of the Deflate Gate and all that happened, we had like a Pravda on steroids. How dare you, Roger Goodell, accuse any of these men that have been known to be very bad at doing anything that would constitute. Uh, moral things because they're being ruled over by a goblin in a hoodie named Bill. No way would we ever cheat. And it's like, I loved the controversy around the Patriots because almost immediately Bill Simmons was like, I'll tell you why they did it. And they did do it. And they were right to do it because everyone does it. And it was like, wait, what? So your excuse is we all break the rules so no one breaks the rules? Yeah, we broke the rules the best so we actually get to do it. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously there's there's cheating in sports, and you know what? Jim Rome owns a bunch of horses. 
That he's I think is the weirdest. If one anyone, of the greatest. He's one of the greatest fucking mm, talkers in talking history. I would never buy a horse. You would never buy a horse. Never. I would never do it. <laughs> Why? I just that just seems that is so much unnecessary admin. Like I guarantee, like well, if you own a horse, you're not taking care of it yourself. You pay people. I don't want to do that. I don't want to need you. There's going to be way more people than you expect. Like you're thinking, okay, how many for a horse? Five. I guarantee you get your five, and then one of them's like, well, you don't have a phalanger, and you're like, what the fuck's a phalanger? Like, About eighty grand a year. Fuck that. No, I'm not. I'd love to. I think owning a horse and having all the people, like, what's what's the alternative to owning a horse? I just, I, a fucking a yacht? I just own a car. No, that's more, it's less environmentally friendly, to be honest. Jim Rome. I don't give a shit, bro. Jim Rome is green. I don't he know. He makes green. He spends it. He is green. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, again, he probably has a house that he has a rocket attached to just to, like, because he wants to fucking... It's one of those Push things some where more gas into the so universe. Orange County isn't necessarily a bad place, but it's one of those the things. Where it's like you just gotta you have to understand that if someone's like oh, I'm from I still live in the OC, you're kind of like, it's like I'm from Ottawa. If someone says oh I, Ottawa born and raised, that's a like you gotta watch out here. Like we're not sure <laughs> we're not. This hey, guy sucked a couple MPs. Yeah, like this guy's either got a dining room table in his dining room, or he's got like eight people doing nitrous and about to eat each other's assholes. And <laughs> are those the only two options? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, it'd be difficult for Jim Rome not to be a dinosaur now. The man is in his 60s. Still also dying at black. I got to tell you, I really am enjoying... That's why it's shocking he's not Italian. The vanity of the late-stage baby boomers just... Because I thought we were all going gray. Gray is great. Guess again. Hazelnut brown until I'm 80 years old. Sorry, he is not in his 60s. 1964. This guy was on television. Like, this is... he's, He's barely 30 by the time of that interview. Oh yeah, no, he was a pro- he was a prodigy, and he identified a gap in the market and made it so because as ESPN grow, he amplified himself and jumped because he's also gone back and forth between Fox Sportsnet and ESPN a million times for exactly that reason. Is he knows his value and he also has his like he has his audience. There's a swath of people that don't necessarily care about sports unless like Jim Rome's going yeah yeah. Oh my God! Remember Scott Farrell? Remember that weird guy, the gravelly no. vote. Is the gravelly voice satellite guy that was all about hockey fights? So, he talks like that. It was fucking awful. Uh, what was it called? Um, Jim Rome, two and a half million listeners in 1998 by his peak. He releases an album that's just sound bites from the show, which is crazy to me because it's like the listeners are probably so pumped they made this album, but they get no money from it, and Jim Rome just gets to fucking yeah. Scro- Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Uh, hey, everyone, you listen to the Jim Rome Show. I'm currently broadcasting from the top of an Appalachian pony. True, this. It's true, though. If someone was like, listen, you don't get any rights, but we're giving your money to a horse, I'd be like, that's. Ah, I'm less mad now. To a horse? Yeah. The horse gets the money. No. If I'm like, if, if someone won the fucking Kentucky Derby and I was like, my horse helped pay for that. Your horse is not fucking winning the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, because his big dick would be fucking in That's the dirt. That's right. It's a, it's a wind blocker, baby. All right, now get hard and run. That's what my <laughs> horse does. That's why my horse is called Big Dick Horse Guy. Do you think Bill Simmons and Jim Rome hate each other? Here's my theory. Yeah. Those guys really strike me as they do not like each other. They have a weird, unspoken reason that makes no sense. Like that when that guy worked at ESPN... He always used the far right urinal. He knew that was mine. You know what I mean? Like it was just one. There is nothing more petty than men who work together in their mid thirties 
who get successful 40s and now are the two pillars of their industry in their 50s, they are, they fucking, LA is no greater place than to see this LA stand up because there are blood feuds between like such a weird people of like, that motherfucker used to take my parking spot back when we both worked at CAA. I will crush his clients. <laughs> <laughs> like this is currently happening in comedy, which is Burt Kreischer had to fire his agent because it was revealed his agent and another agent fucking hated each other over a thermostated gersh in the early 90s. No one rules more than successful straight whites who have made it to where they think they need to go because now it's vengeance time for the pettiest infraction that fucking girl didn't give me back my crayon when we were 10 i'm buying her uh nail business and burning it down <laughs> uh yeah there was like a when i was never mind say it oh there was two there was an agent at jfl who was just talking about how you know i had matt Rife when he was younger not nothing special and, oh, then, like and then just being, and then and then just being so nice to their client that was there, like just you know full voice switch. But I, is, I did that... understand him because he was saying like, yeah, I'm too old, I don't want to go to this party. And the young agent was like, I do, and he's like, oh, God. you can see the thing where it's like, oh, I can't even complain to this fucking keener. God damn it! <laughs> then that that crosses boundaries when you try and complain and someone's too much of a keener. They is... pretend that everything's great, and you're like, shut the fuck up. There is nothing better in the world than an agent who says exactly. I used to, I you know that hugely successful guy, I had him earlier on and I was unable to see the potential. <laughs> <laughs> you know that successful guy, he sucks, not me. Anyway, yeah. Jim Rome. Woo! One thing I want to fall back. Uh, one thing I want to circle back to is what do you think the dividing point is? Because Jim Rome, like you said, he's between ESPN. Uh, he has a long run on CBS Radio. What do you think it is about Jim Rome that doesn't click as far as being a TV guy? Because clearly who he was in that Jim Everett interview becomes what sports television is now, which is just people loudly saying things and he's not on television. I can why tell you, you exactly why. I think it's a bit he was a bit too early and he becomes sort of the example of like, be careful with that guy, he's gonna do something crazy to you. Plus he his energy doesn't work that great on screen. He's got a great voice and it's much more descriptive. Watching his TV shows are really weird because it's like it's just odd. It's also he does not play well with others. He is not good group broadcasting. Like if you watch, yeah, they they would like because these guys are all gears. Like you know, Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp. All these guys are like swapped in and out. Yeah. Versus he has the Jim Rome show, you know, the callers are called the clones. If you look on Jim Rome's fandom, there's really long stuff about this. So this stuff all does make sense um, about why Jim Rome, like, is... And maybe, I don't know, this is like, I haven't read any interviews or anything with them. But, like, maybe it's just, like, the fact that he just likes having a daily sports show, even though that sounds insane to me. I think that's probably 100% true. It's also he probably loves the millions of dollars they pay him so he can keep his, himself in multitude of horses. Yeah, man. And and talk radio, it's so funny how because I've seen some podcasts where they take calls and it's, like, everything cyclical where it's, like, and I do believe this to be true is that, like, it's fun to talk, having comedy comedian on comedian podcasts or whatever podcasts, but it's there's something that is just getting someone who will call into a talk radio station. There's no one more entertaining and unhinged than someone who's like, 
Dial what number? Yeah. I got nothing to do for four hours. Oh, wait, I'm fucking old. Yeah. Time for this person who I already think is my friend to hear my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I've known you for a long time, and I would make love to you even if you, let's just say, oh, I don't know. I'm looking at the top of your head right now. I have several (laughs) opinions about your life, and here's your mailbox. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know what your address is, and also I know your blood type. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for this fucking goddamn episode. Everyone, if you're Jim Rum, give us money. I want to ride your horse. Suck my ass. We need horse money. Bye-bye.